This episode of Channel Mind News is for information only. Please do your own research before making any investment decision or alternatively seek advice from a registered financial advisor. G'day ladies and gents, Matty Michael here, Life of Mind podcast, the go-to mining podcast in your daily dose of Channel Mind News, the go-to news source for your ears, helping out all the multitaskers. We're looking at lithium this year, lithium 2023 predictions. I did say in yesterday's gold and copper outlook, I'd do lithium and nickel together, but Lithium's big enough just for lithium by itself, so we'll get to nickel later. If you haven't listened to the gold and copper one, head back there, bit of wheel and deal and predictions for 2023, and today we're going to talk the same for lithium. Who's coming on in production, who to look out for, and what's the outlook? Let's get right into it. So, lithium, last year, you'd say it's been overcooked. It pretty much tripled in the last year and a bit, not from immediate demand, but from essentially battery and vehicle manufacturers wanting to secure future supply to meet the all the EV requirements that have been set out by governments. We saw at the end of last year, around November, some pretty decent pullbacks in the lithium stocks, and that was due to anticipated lower short-term demand by China. Uh, there was predictions by Goldman Sachs there was going to be a surplus once, a lithium surplus once new mines come online. Though the issue with those Goldman Sachs predictions were they were dependent or heavily dependent on the China lipidolite sources coming online. But lipidolite, we've discussed in previous episodes, it's lower grade, difficult to process and more expensive to process in comparison to spodumene. So that's where there was the contrast between you have the predictions from Goldman Sachs, a big decline in lithium prices where you've got Morgan Stanley's long-term lithium forecast from at about 2025 were fivefold different to Goldman Sachs. So essentially, do your do your own research. Who bloody knows where the lithium price is? As you said, two big houses, two very different sized lithium price predictions. So what were those pullbacks? Uh, Pilbara Minerals are down from November, down 33% from $5.50 highs. Core Lithium down 45%. Line down, down 43%. Alchem down 31%. Leo Lithium down 28%. IGO, who are not solely a lithium, they've got JV, they were down 18%. So, look, what are the predictions for 2023? Jarden put out a lithium note end of last year and gave a bit of an overall underweight stance due to the very high valuations being placed on a lot of lithium stocks. Now, underweights, meaning they're recommending people to reduce their holding. Uh, underweight is in between hold and sell. Uh, overweight is in between hold and buy. Now, the view, their view is that current lithium prices are unsustainable. And essentially, they're saying any commodity price that is trading at 15 times the marginal cost of production, something has to give eventually, and especially when the race to supply comes online. And this is even being more accelerated by companies such as Core Lithium, uh, Red Dirt, Leo Lithium bringing forward production via direct shipping ore, and that's some of that's coming in the latter of uh, 2023. So we'll go over some of Jarden's ratings. They had a buy rating on Alchem and an overweight on Minres and IGO. As I said, buy is stronger than overweight. 
So they they like the vertically integrated companies such as those three in the lithium supply chain. Now, vertically integrated, where are they vertically integrated? I'll go through it. So Alchem, they've got the Mount Catlin mine in WA. They've got the brine deposits in Argentina, but they're feeding the their lithium hydroxide plant in Japan. Minres, they've got 40% of Wajina with Albemarle, 50% of Mount Marion with Ganfeng, uh, but they've got 40% of the lithium hydroxide plant at Kemerton in WA with Albemarle. And IGO, so IGO inked the lithium joint venture with Tianchi Lithium. So that's a 49% IGO, 51% Tianchi. So that's their lithium JV, and that JV has 51% of the Greenbushes mine in WA. That's the highest grade lithium hard rock deposit in the world at 1.9%. Absolute cracker. Been around for a while. And that, the IGO Tianchi Lithium JV, also owns 100% of the new Quinana lithium refinery. So that's all the vertically integrated uh, that Jarden like. Now, Jarden have slapped a sell rating on Pilbara Minerals and Core Lithium. Core Lithium, you just would have seen, have sold their first shipment of uh, direct shipping ore from their Northern Territory operations. Um, they also got a slapped with a sell rating by Goldman Sachs at the end of last year, saying that the capacity and mine life extensions that are priced into Core Lithium, they're unlikely to occur before the, their lithium price predictions decrease so as goldman are predicting lithium prices decrease significantly so that's where that sell rating come from uh jarden they put a neutral rating on line town we'll talk about line town later uh their scoping study into their long-term downstream refining on site may be influencing that and as you said they like the vertically integrated stocks their other buy rating was for leo lithium claiming it uh boasts the most valuation appeal due to the West African discount that's applied to their trading price. And they've also got the legacy issues from the Firefinch saga, which are essentially undervaluing their price in the views of Jarden. So who do we look out for in 2023? What's coming online? Well, we've talked about Red Dirt recently. They've raised 55 million bucks to develop their Mount Ida project, 13 million ton, 1.2% resource. They've got their executive chairman is now David Flanagan, and he's aiming to mine, be mining direct shipping ore by the end of 2023. So, and they've also got the Unithower project. Uh, Flanagan is very excited about that. He quotes in the Mining Journal that Mount Ida's pegmatite outcrop is about the size of a kitchen table, whereas Unithowra, the outcrop is about 700 metres long by 60 metres wide. So, there's potential for a very large-scale lithium deposit at Yinathara. Now, you've also got Town currently in construction mode for their primarily underground mine, uh, 156 million tonne resource at 1.4%. Now, we discussed this with Shane McClay the other day in the NTech recap for the year. They've actually they've got an absolutely cracking project. Uh, go back and have a listen to the comparison I also did of Town versus Leo Lithium. That gives you all the figures, but essentially once they hit the mother load of the ore body, about 250 metres below the surface, they can get an entire year of 4 million tonne production just from one 25 metre level. That's where the, the massive amounts of tonnes and thickness are at that depth. So they're scheduled to go into production Q2 2024, so not, uh, not scheduled for this calendar year, but keep an eye out on the scoping study 
that they're doing for construction of a downstream lithium hydroxide refinery on site at Kathleen Valley. And that really amplifies their long-term returns from the project. So, And this mine has an initial mine life of 23 years, 500,000 tonne of spodumene concentrate for the first five years, then ramping up to 700,000. So, and as Shane mentioned in his episode, the what Crackers is, uh, refers to as the wizard sticks, the core coming out of the ground there looks extremely competent. It looks really great ground, great digging. So that's a pretty exciting project coming online. Now, Leo Lithium that we mentioned earlier, they've, they're over in Mali. Big open pit, 109 million tonne at 1.45% for their resource. 21-year mine life, a lot simpler than mine and underground in comparison to Liontown, though not as selective as Liontown can be with the underground method. But Leo Lithium, it obviously contains the West Africa risk profile and Leo Lithium only own 45% of that project. Gan Fen have 45%, State of Mali have 10%, whereas Liontown own 100% of Kathleen Valley. Ford essentially handed them a $300 million debt facility just to secure lithium supply. Uh, Tim Goida, he quoted in his sensational interview on Finding the Front, go back and have a listen to that, the Uteros Hartley's podcast. Tim Banfield does a sensational job interviewing these top dogs. Uh, Ford pretty much said to Liontown, how can we help? Then they got the debt facility. So cheers, Ford. Tesla apparently weren't as easy to deal with, So, according to Tim. Now, Leo Lithium, they're planning to ship two DSO shipments of 30,000 tonnes by the end of 2023, Q4 2023. 21-year mine life, trading at a significant discount to Liontown based on their share of the resource versus what Liontown's trading at. So that's one to have a look out for, and that was the standout for Jardin on their lithium note, Leo Lithium, triple L. So there's a bit to look out for what's coming online in the lithium space this year. Will the prices decline as aggressively as Goldman Sachs think or will they remain pretty stable according to what Morgan Stanley recommend? Who knows? And will these companies actually achieve their production timelines as anticipated? So there you go. That's for lithium for 2023 to look out for. Next up, We'll go nickel. We'll go nickel. I promise it'll be nickel. Right, everyone. Getting to the back end of the week. Hope you're enjoying yourselves. Give the podcast a share around for me. Get the word of mouth going. This is the full-time gig now. So any any help from anyone in terms of spreading the word, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Twitter. Give Life of Mind Potty a follow on Twitter as well. It'd all be very much appreciated. Right, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.